Welcome everybody to For Your Run. I am Sean. I am joined by the seemingly <laughs> ever warm Floridian Blair. It's Blair. true. It is warm where I am, but I am always cold. <laughs> Which I know is why I won't survive outside of Florida. Have you? I was going <laughs> to so suggest something around. I was going to suggest something around. If you went to cold weather, but it would only make it worse. It would only make no, it worse. No, I can you. never. Fe- I can already not feel my fingertips and toes. So I can only imagine that when I go somewhere cold, I'll, they're going to just fall off. <laughs> They'll never get blood flow then. I think for your fall racing plan, whether, you know, any fall racing. Don't worry. I've already been very concerned. (laughs) I am already like, oh, how many layers am I going to need? How quickly can I? (laughs) Definitely of my opinion that you need Mm -hmm. to train in an ice box with a treadmill. (laughs) I don't know how to do that. I'm like currently training in a sauna with a treadmill. And so I'm set for like summer running, but I don't know how to. You need Maybe to everything find... will go so numb I won't feel it and I'll be like that the flash. You're, <laughs> you're not that far off from right? how I typically when I did Chicago and Richmond yes. in 2019, they were both very cold. Uh-huh. And that's pretty much how it went. Yeah. You just don't feel anything. Right. Yes. So then you can yes. go as quickly as you want because you don't feel the residual pain. That's right. Until later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of residual pain. Yes. We need to give everyone a little bit of a, I mean, Morning. You, you've all clicked play and you all saw the play time, but we're just going to give you an extra warning that today's episode features Jim Burroughs and he is equally as effective at communicating as Blair and I. So what's gone on here, everybody? is Jim Blair and I just kind of went in for a while. So if you're listening right now, this would be a great time to start getting warmed up if you're taking us on your run with you today. Yes, this is an excellent warm-up time. And if you are running, getting ready to run and you don't have your long run planned, maybe you should pin this episode for your long run because it's, it's a good one. I will say it's a it good is. one. But it's a little long. But it's a little long. Or you can split us into enjoyable little bite-sized chunks. <laughs> this is true. You could you could choose to binge. I, I feel like I need to try and turn that into a like a gymge. You could gymge us because it's Jim's episode. Binge. It is, and, yeah. Yeah. So binge if you need to Jim. Yes. A binge <laughs> with Jim, you know. He's that's gonna what hate we're that. Here for. He's really gonna I think he's gonna love it. Well, maybe he could just start a a whole thing about binging with Jim. That'd be like a whole movement. (laughs) At this rate, I I believe that if that does take off, we would have to bring Jim back for a once a month, like binge with Jim. So we could. With like a specific topic in mind? Yeah, we could give the people what they want. Yes, I would love that. That would be great. It would be great. (laughs) It would. So today we're going to talk with Jim about just all things running, which might come as a total shock. It's called For Your Run. Right. 
but Jim is a cross country coach. We're going to get into that. Jim, as with so many of you, uh, ran through this thing called COVID and, you know, had some takeaways from switching up his training a little bit, you know, his sadness of not having races. That's a, that's a reality. And, uh, we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to guess what, everyone talk a little bit more about the things I'm trying to learn to grow in running. I and, love how uh, all these episodes have learned, have turned into like Sean's life lessons. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a I lot know, of them. but it's really great that it's like every, everyone you'd learn something new. I or, am, <laughs> I am seemingly both a co-host of this podcast and a sponge for the podcast to which I am a part of, which is <laughs> incredibly ironic. I feel like. It's great. It worked out well. It is. Oh, well, I don't think it would be courteous for us to leave you all just in the intro with Blair and I here. So I think it's probably time for us to get in to this little lovely brief conversation. Brief. A very brief conversation about running. That we had with Jim. Yes. All right, everybody. Buckle up. Get the laces tied. Hope it's a long one because this is a long one. How's everything going, buddy? Good as it can. I uh, as it can. donated blood earlier today, doing my part for the greater good. Okay. I was for a second, I was like, I've never seen um KT tape fully wrapped around a forearm. So you know, there's purposes sure. behind that. <laughs> I strained this little muscle. That muscle. Right hmm yeah. I like it. And it's red. That's a really good color for KT tape, I think. Right. You know, you can't see the blood that way. (laughs) (laughs) That blind optimism. It's fine. Everything's fine. No, no problem. Yep. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Arms on the floor, but it's good. Okay. I'll have another one. (laughs) So I feel like you're joining uh, Blair and I, Jim, in Operation I Don't Have Enough to Do with uh, building a wood shop around your house and how how is everything going as far as juggling that and then you're you're actually back to you know that rarefied air of having students in your building and teaching them at the same time and all of that so what's going on man how 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 are you doing with all of that um i'm I'm assuming we're in pre-recording mode right now heck Um, no (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> Can you cut this part out is what he's really asking. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether to use expletives or just... Um, I really think that's okay because you just put the magic E next to this podcast or something. Full disclaimer, Jim. <laughs> this podcast comes with the E for okay. everything. All right. Everything well, you've got is everything you're safe to say. I... I I publish every podcast with E, even if they are like safe, like Sesame Street, because we don't know. Well, I don't I know. Thought, I can't I, control myself. I thought that meant excellence. So, you know. Is it, it is. meaning? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I look at it as excellence. I don't know if other people will, though. Um, 
I've got a concrete slab in my backyard. Um, and when I had the concrete slab scheduled, I called the metal building company uh, to say, hey, I got a slab coming in. Let's go ahead and schedule this like you said. Yeah. And they said, well, uh, we're in the middle of a nationwide steel shortage. And I paused and I said, okay, I paid for this building back in February. Um, uh, why don't you have it sitting on a truck waiting for me? And they said, well, it doesn't work that way. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, um, we're at a wonderful standstill waiting for them to call me back to say, Hey, here's our schedule. <laughs> day. Um, so back in February, when I started this freight train, um, I wanted to have it, you know, by May. Um, now I'm hoping right. to have it by the time I get out of school for the summer. Um, mm. But you just, if we haven't learned anything in the last 15 months, if you can't be flexible, this life's not for you. Um, so that's where I'm at. But getting back to your earlier point, I have had kids in the building for... Yeah. What's it been since after spring break? So almost six weeks, maybe that sounds about right. And um, granted, I'm a carpentry teacher, so, you know, I'm not teaching math or science or history. So it's a little bit different, but it's definitely a challenge to teach online carpentry. Let's just put it that way. So having them <laughs> back in the, yeah, having them back in the building is a true blessing. And one thing I discovered was, um, Teaching sucks if you don't have students in the building. Um, you know, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. Kids log into a computer. You're looking at anywhere from 15 to 30 little avatar pictures. You might have 10% of your students, if you're lucky, show their face. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't blame them. If I just rolled out of bed, I don't know if I'd want to show my face either. Um, engagement's low, but you know, it is what it is. Life was not what we expected for the last year and a half. And Blair, you know what I'm talking about with a couple of kids. Um, yes. Yeah, so I actually did virtual school with my kids. So I can relate to you like a hundred percent with like, so my children are forced to show up because I'm here right. <laughs> making them do that. But um, my oldest is in fifth grade and I was just supremely shocked at the number of children who did not come to class like already at that age so they're 11 right 10 or 11 and like he would be one of three children in class which I was like great this is like tutoring but I just couldn't imagine like being a teacher who'd put this plan together who was working hard to get these students to learn a specific skill and then having three humans show up it, it was interesting because um, I ran into uh, a good friend of mine whose wife was also a teacher at the school. He and mm -hmm. I, I coached his son for years in baseball. Um, he was my son's best friend in high school. And his wife was a calculus teacher and the best calculus teacher at our school. Tremendous. And I said to him, I was like, I haven't seen your wife in a while. Where is she? And he goes, last spring just crushed her um Ooh. having to te try to teach calculus well teaching calculus to begin with is hard yes but then <laughs> right. she had to figure out ways 
you know, because it's an AP class, you know, it's it's the highest level math in high school. And then she was spending hours upon hours trying yes. to figure out how to teach it via a computer and all right. that kind of stuff. And he just said, you know, she worked every evening grading mm-hmm. papers and stuff like that. But then when you had to spend all that extra stuff, you know, because they gave us these resources in the sense of here, figure this out. You can right. use any one of these. That's right. about the guidance we got. And it's hard to blame the school system for that because nobody planned on this. So No, right. There's not a contingency plan for this kind of situation. I was, I was even thinking while you were talking about it and you brought up calculus and my brain immediately thought virtual calculus might have a higher injury rate than <laughs> than, than what you were trying to do to virtual carpentry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine was real easy. Mine was make a make a house of cards. Hey, right. build a blanket fort. You know, all that kind of fun stuff. It's fun. <laughs> that stuff's fun, right? It's easy yeah. to engage them, but how do you engage them in calculus? Or yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw how hard the teachers work to learn how to do like Quizlet, which was like an online thing, or mm-hmm. you know, Jeopardy to make it fun and still teach a skill. But it was. It was, I can't imagine it would be very Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the hours behind creating yes. a Jeopardy game. Right. It takes nobody, hours. Nobody sees. No. And I'm oh, sure yeah. not anyone is like proficient in creating a Jeopardy game <laughs> with, this, right. with learning right. how to teach like parts of speech and, you know, all the English language things that the kids have to learn too. Yeah. Like it's, it's just hard. But it's, it's tremendous. Now the kids are back. I feel like I'm a teacher again. So, mm-hmm. and, and we just got guidance that um you know summer workouts for cross country which i coach is going to be back to normal this summer so that's great and our governor just this past friday uh pulled all the mask mandates all the social distancing except except in schools and public transportation so it seems like we're slowly and surely getting back to that thing we used to call normal so um, right it's you know at least uplifting a little <laughs> yes Yes, it yeah, is. <laughs> we uh, we joked this morning because, you know, CDC stuff comes out and, uh, you know, autumn and then a couple of people that we just text back and forth with were like, so what? Wait, no, we we're not we're allowed to not wear masks. That like it almost seemed like when your parents told you you were like in the clear from being in trouble. Yeah. You're like, wait, we're allowed to do that again? Um, wait. But I've been grounded so long. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean I can go outside again and play? That's, that's right. That's with right. other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, near I them, you. I don't understand this concept. <laughs> yeah, I was down in Myrtle Beach. Um, ran a Myrtle Beach half marathon and I I had a buddy who lives down there and a couple of the buddies came down just to see me because we hadn't seen each other in a while and we went out that night and South Carolina hasn't had a mask uh, mandate for quite a while and we were in a dueling piano bar and it was one of those you know uh, excuse me excuse me excuse me excuse me places and my one of my good friends remarked he's he's from Greensboro down the road and he said this is like the wild, wild west. Don't they realize there's a pandemic going on? <laughs> because there was no social distancing. There was no limitations to the people in the club. And uh, 
It was wild. You could count the number of masks on one hand. It was wild. Right. And my buddy from South Carolina, he said, you know, we haven't had any spikes. So things around here are pretty good. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to circle back. You mentioned, so you're, you know, I know about your cross country coaching and I know I talked to you plenty in the last 10 or so months as you tiptoed through the tulips of cross country training in COVID. And I also want to, I I know that you're going to say it's the kids, but you're coaching the kids and the kids kick some major ass, Jim. So (laughs) you clearly have a knack for this whole coaching runners thing. I want you to break down what COVID cross country looked like. And I'm also, I thought about this earlier this week. So you're the coach, but what have those kids taught you about running? Have they flipped the Miyagi on you? And what have you learned from them about running? Now, in general, are you just talking in the last year or so what what I've learned from them? Uh, I'm going to go with in general. I mean, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was not... I'm I'm laughing while you guys were talking about virtual learning and all that because I was thinking uh, teenage Sean would have thrived in not the ways that teachers would have I responded absolutely to. Absolutely know that 100%. you would have thrived, yes. And <laughs> yep. so I also know that when I was a cross country runner, um, my coach had a very delightful time with what was a maturing, stubborn Sean brain <laughs> trying to get the most out of me as a runner. But I, I, I thought, I bet you those kids have really brought some serious knowledge on running gym, not just coaching gym. Well, it's interesting because my coaching background is baseball. Um, that's where I was from the time my son was six um until he reached high school i coached on and off all the way up through middle school with him um and i thought honestly when i started teaching that i would eventually coach baseball in high school um without going too far in depth my son decided to run cross country his freshman year the school was in its third year on its third coach um and my athletic and the coach was an outside the school which isn't ideal And my athletic director said, hey, do you want to coach? And I said, no, I don't have any idea how to run. I hate running. Running sucks. I'm not going to coach running. No, I I don't want anything to do with it. Um, uh, We're just going to end it there. I said yes, because he said something about an extra paycheck. So um, money is a motivator. Yep, it sure is. Uh, (laughs) so, So I took the gig, had no idea what I was doing. Got thrown in with a with an assistant coach who had some track background. He ran a little bit in college. Um, but wasn't a huge cross country runner. And we sort of muddled through for a couple of years. Um, and then my second year as a head coach, uh, we had an incredibly talented bunch of females. Um, in fact, our first race of the year, we won, which had never happened. We had one girl who had won a medal, one medal. So the top 20 finish one girl in the five years previous. And we went out and we had four girls in the top 14. And I went, oh, my God, these kids know how to run. What do I do now? (laughs) Um, 
And I was blessed because one of our track coaches, uh, she's in a retirement, but she tra coaches track and she was a first female Big Ten cross country coach. She coached at Georgia Tech. She had a bunch of background and she suggested a couple of books and I read them. And in reading that, um, I discovered that I had no idea what tempo meant. I had no idea what fartlek <laughs> meant. I had no idea what repeats felt like. And I was way overweight. And I said, um, this would be a great way to lose weight and understand what the heck he's talking about in this book. And that's how it started. Now, what I discovered was um, through Instagram, where I met you guys, I started posting my stuff because I wanted to be accountable. And I tried a Google spreadsheet. I tried writing it down. I tried a journal. I tried all that stuff. But, you know, taking a picture of yourself and being a little vain, you know, that's a great accountability tool. So 100%. But, but when I started doing that, and then I went to training for a half marathon where you start doing 800 repeats and you start doing things like that, and the kids, not exactly sure because I didn't promote it. I didn't want the kids following me because students following teachers isn't necessarily a great idea, but they found me. And um, it got to the point where I would be six deep and uh, 10 times repeat. And I think halfway through it, I can't stop because if I quit, it gives them a reason to quit. And right. so it was a huge motivator to me to not give up because I wanted to take their excuses away. Now, what they've taught me is hard work pays off. Um, you know, y'all know because you've been running for longer than three months. Um, <laughs> yeah, the majority of the kids on the team, probably I'm guessing, Sean, based on the conversations we've had and what you just said a second ago was they do it for a season. Yep. They run, they run the summer workouts to get in shape. They run cross country and they're like, thank God that's over. I'm done. Um, and that's the way the majority of the kids do it. However, um, I had some kids this year, one kid in particular who was a rising senior who took it upon himself um, to do everything he could do to, he wanted to qualify for States. He qualified last year, wanted to qualify for States. He wanted a shot at it. He was the conference champion last year um, and he wanted to run in college and he knew what it took and did everything that I suggested. And then some, um, a lot of it he did on his own, especially during COVID because our, our, uh, our state made it an extended dead period. We were not allowed to do anything other than suggest runs. Um, and so our season typically starts, like I said, August 1st. We didn't start until November 4th this year. Um, so I really didn't know what I was going to get. Um, coming off last year, our girls team was conference champion. Um, had um, Last year I had one girl go to States and one boy go to States. And then this year we were really young on the girls side. Um, didn't know what to expect. And getting back to, to Max. He was conference champion again. Um, he qualified. He was second in the regionals um, and was top 10 in the state, which is the first time we ever had that. Um, he was an all state member. Mm -hmm. um, 
had a software. Was it sponsored by Allstate? Right. That's exactly right. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, He's an Allstate runner. (laughs) uh, That's that's good. Yeah, that's good. You threw me for a loop there. Um, (laughs) Yes. We'll take sponsorships now. Um, I'll let him make him a professional, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, then there'd yeah. be all, you know. Just... They could just donate to the team. <laughs> yes, right, right. we accept donations at go. all times. Absolutely. At all times. It's all about, it's all about the program. Some yes, uh, all-state branded Pegasus 38s for the team. It doesn't right. matter. Yes. I'll take them. Yes. <laughs> and the jersey, you can put your name on the back. You can yeah. put all-state right on the back of my jersey. It's fine. <laughs> It'd be like a NASCAR team. Yes, that would be so fun. Um, <laughs> And, and, I, and on the girls' side, I had a sophomore girl do very much the same thing. She broke um, – she's the fastest sophomore we've ever had. Um, she ran under 20 for the first time this year in a 5K. She qualified for states. She was conference champion. Um, our girls' team what, – what really shocked me more than anything else, getting back to my hard work pays off, is I had no idea what to, what to expect because I couldn't work with them all summer. I heard they were coming to summer workouts. I couldn't work with them from August through November 4th. Um, Our numbers were 30% lower traditionally than they were, understandably, because people were concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ones that were there worked. And um, the girls won the conference championship again. Um, and Ainsley, who was the, the sophomore girl, she was conference champion. So it was the first time ever we had the boys and girls conference champion. Um, so they worked their butts off. The students organized runs. They organized workouts. They did all that stuff on their own and occasionally would say, hey, coach, what should we do? Um, because I wasn't allowed to do anything. I wasn't even allowed to. I could, I could drive. They would meet after school. After virtual school, they would meet out in the parking lot or actually they weren't even allowed to work out on school grounds. There's a Greenway parking lot right next to our school. And I would be leaving school driving and I would see him collect and I would just sort of wave at him like that that sad kid <laughs> on the bus. On the back of the bus. Sort of go, yeah, like, hey, guys. Oh, oh hey. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Um, like a like a college football team, you, you should have started uh putting together overly elaborate signs that you would put in the back of your car window to like give them training suggestions. Like <laughs> yes, if exactly. I see the, if I see the chicken, that means it's, it's fart like day. You right. know, you could have. Yeah. I was, but, I was gonna, inter- and you could absolutely finish, but I wanted to say as you're talking through this, and this is Blair, this is our opportunity to go Disney for five seconds. You are effectively, <laughs> You are effectively the Gordon Bombay. Like, as you're talking through this, I'm like, this is a Disney movie, Jim. You're the guy that shows up that doesn't know how to coach the kids. And there's a bunch of kids that don't necessarily know how to be a team. And then Jim teaches them how to be a team. And then they become the full, like, beat down everyone around them. Awesome brigade of running people. And all all I can think about while you're stepping us through this is... Jim is the next lifting Minnesota you up Miracle Man. Disney movie, <laughs> cross country, this Disney Plus. Where are you at? We need a cross country version of the Mighty Ducks. That would be Ducks. a great movie. I would right. watch that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's 
what's what's really interesting though is is getting back to um, the coach that I had at our school that I that I use as a resource and sort of my mentor about a lot of this stuff. Um, we come from completely totally different backgrounds, but she's she told me because um, I also help out with the distance distance uh, the longer distances in track. I help out there, and in the very beginning, because I had you know I had been doing cross country for a few years before I started doing the track stuff, and she would help me put workouts together. And she told me early on that some of the best coaches that she ran into and she learned from coming up were coaches who actually their sport wasn't necessarily running or track or that type of thing. They might have been basketball players in college um, or something like that. But coaching is so much more than just knowledge of the sport. Um, If it were just knowledge of the sport, all of our football coaches, all of our basketball coaches would be former players. And a lot of times they're not. I mean, the greatest yeah. ones out there. Yeah, Nick Saban played in college, but right, really, you know. And I, I sort of took that to heart, and I just studied. And the great thing about running is, you know, for those of us that have been running for a while, yeah, there's a lot to it. But when it comes right down to it, you're not hitting a ball that's being thrown at you at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> um, or trying to shoot a ball from 30 feet through a hoop that's four inches bigger in circumference than, than, uh, than the ball, you know, so it's relatively easy to do, uh, to get started, but you know, the ones that really make the difference are the ones who stick to it and keep going. Um, you know, yeah. so long time ago, I don't know how or why, or this is just the way God made me, but, um, I've been able to, um, reach out and connect with kids all the way up. Um, you know, my, my son says it. his best friend that I told you about earlier, uh, whose mom was a calculus teacher, he actually plays, uh, college football and, and he played college baseball for two years, um, at NC state. And he said more than once, he said, you know, your dad, you know, was one of the best coaches I had. And his dad played football at Marshall, you know, um, and, and his dad and I are very good friends. And, and it's, it's, it's the ability to y'all know to develop those relationships, you know, and, and pull the best out of people. Um, and in that process, you know, they pull the best out of me. So Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, it's a give and take relationship. So I don't know about Disney though. Disney. Yeah. It's just one more sponsorship opportunity. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I love Disney movies. Just just trying to lift you up over here. We'll have to do it. We'll have to do it in like their their sister company, so that we can have the E next to the movie, and you know Disney plus E. I mean, <laughs> just more excellence. Just more excellence. More Jerry. excellence <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> there you go. You just never know. That's right. That's right. So, on top of you know, cross country through COVID, you were still running, and I know you picked up a couple of new things through 2020 as far as heart rate training and that old sneaky thing called strength training, which, uh, (laughs) you know, I think if you sent a survey to every runner and it was anonymous and they said, you know, do you strength train? It would be like 2%. But if you sent one to everyone and it wasn't anonymous, we'd be all like, yeah, totally that doing that strength training. Um, 
And I laugh because I've been, you know, I've been going to PT for my calf for just like the last two weeks. And it's, it's really funny. My PT made like a little joke and then immediately was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Cause I'm talking to her about, you know, I'm running 13 miles. I've run a marathon, blah, blah, blah. But then they, she said, you know, okay, I need you to do, um, 25 of these, um, you know, leg raises for your hamstring and your glute. I need you to do those twice. And within seven seconds, my hamstrings were destroyed. And she was like, I thought you were an athlete. And then was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I am I an said, athlete. I'm a running yeah. athlete. I, I said, not say I was a strength. That's right. Athlete. I said, apparently my body just doesn't use hamstrings when I run. That's all. What um, do you use then? <laughs> I just don't your know quads. Quad dominant. I'm just all quad all the time. And calf. Quad and calf, apparently. Right. Right. But so I know you've been doing some strength work because um I know you've had a couple little nagging things here and there. Um, which I feel like I I made this kind of self-assumed thing here of as people are trying to get back into this concept, the wild concept of training for these things called races that people used to run back in the day. I feel like everyone through 2020 kind of had a minute to kind of pump the brakes and be like, I'm going to run with a little bit of grace and I'm going to take it easy. And then the second we all got this little like announcement that races could be a thing again, everyone like tried to turn the wick back up to 11 after they'd been on like a three. So I know so many people who are like, ah, my knee, ah, my glute, ah, my hamstring, because everyone suddenly was like, turn it back on. It's time to go to 11 again. Um, so how has heart rate training been? I'm not, I, I know you've been doing other stuff, so I'm not sure, a hundred percent sure. Are you still heart rate training or was that just something that maybe didn't fully register with your running. I know that you were starting to set some things on fire though, whenever you were getting used to it. Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, let me go back to March 13th of last year, the infamous day, dun, the day dun. that the world shut down. <laughs> I was in the best shape of my life. I was were, getting ready yeah. for Wilmington. I was, I was, I just finished a half marathon a month earlier and just smoked my expectations. I was like, this would be the greatest thing ever. And of course, we all know what happened on March 13th. Oh. Um, got excited about the virtual run thing, did a few of those. I think Yeti decided, you know, sort of the 24 hour challenge that we all did sort of, um, uh, I proverbially, you know, shot my wad proverbially, uh, proverbial, uh, whatever that word is. That on one. That one. And I was done with <laughs> virtual races. Yeah. <laughs> However you say that, minor detail. Um, it's okay, skip it. <laughs> and I had always been intrigued with heart rate training. Being an older runner, you know, I'm on the north side of 50. Um, and having having not started running until I was 49, uh, I never really had the any any kind of base whatsoever. And it sort of intrigued me. But what always held me back was... The whole, the main reason a lot of us do this is for the running community, for the live races and all that kind of stuff. And they recommend right. you don't do any live races for six months. And I was like, well, at the end of July, I was like, well, hell, I'm not going to do any races for six months. Why not? And um, our buddy Gary gave me one of his old heart rate monitors 
And, yeah. um, you know, I think you mentioned, Sean, you tried it for a little while too. And, and, and it sucks. <laughs> when, you, when you first start. I can tell you, I wouldn't even make it. Mm-mm. You are, you are not wrong, Jim. Yeah. You are I mean, not just, wrong. Yeah. Cause, cause they tell your heart rate supposed to be within a certain zone. And when you start jogging and all of a sudden you're like, and it beeps and you look down and you're like, ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, and you're walking yep. and then you're running and then you're walking and every hill you come to, even if it's 20 meters long, but it's a slight incline, you're walking, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, it is really humbling and really hard. And, but I said to myself, I got nothing but time. Let's, yeah. let's just see what this does. And you know, I started out and I was, I backed up to like 13 minute miles because there was walking in there Likewise. and, right. and it was really a challenge. And that was, uh, last week of August. And, but what I noticed was when I slowed down so much, how good my legs felt. I mean, when I was right. marathon training and everything else, I was doing the ice baths after the hard workouts. And I was, I have a pair of compression boots that I sit in. Um, and that type of thing. And whenever I did a hard run, man, I was right in the compression boots. I was in the ice bath. I was putting on the compression, you know, socks, um, compression pants from time to time to try to help that recovery. But when I started doing the heart rate training and you're going so much slower, you don't tear your muscles down as much. And I said to my buddy, I was like, and I was like, uh, I feel so good. I feel like I can run forever. I could just go on forever. And it's because you're not really, you know, Yes, you're exerting yourself, but you're exerting yourself in time, not in 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 uh right in effort. And I was like, all right, I'm just gonna keep running. And I remember uh I sent you a couple messages, Sean. I was like, all right, when does a run streak officially become a run streak? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> Don't and ask I, I me. Uh, yeah, I can't remember <laughs> if you said when you reach double digits or when you reach three weeks or something like that. And I was like, okay. And um, so I just kept running. And, and I, I had one goal was to just slowly build my mileage, slowly build my mileage. And I did that very slowly. And, um, and it went great when the winter time came and the humidity dropped, you know, I was running the same, the same, cause I try to stay away from Hills for the most part. Cause that's, they, they tell you to do that in heart rate training. So it doesn't artificially, you know, skyrocket your heart rate. Uh-huh. I was running the same thing all the time. And, and when we got into to wintertime when it's cooler for a sweat monster like me, I was running the same area instead of 13 minutes, you know, it got down to 11. I was running at 9.15 on my easy runs at the same heart rate. And I was like, okay, this really works. You know, this oh, is trust making me. I was, watching, I was watching you start to go down like that. And I mean, full disclosure, I'm aware that my heart rate does not equate to your heart rate, but I was like, damn, Jim, like he's just over there smashing it. Cause I, I'm laughing cause there it's so funny, but I'm not sure there was a larger moment of victory for me than when I successfully ran up a 3% grade hill without having to walk in heart rate training. And I was yeah. like, I finally did it. I ran <laughs> a half a mile up a 3% grade without my watch beeping at me and what a glorious moment you start to you start to realize what it feels like when your heart rate starts to go up and you realize okay i need to scale it back a little bit so i can still run up this hill i might be a lot slower but i'm still running versus walking and that mental victory of not having to slow down and walk (laughs) was huge 
Because, I mean, when you're a runner, you're not a walker. Um, uh-huh. So I was doing that. And then, you know, what you touched on a second ago about racing coming back and and people starting to, to hit it. I was building my mileage at the end of January. I ran, I think, 197 miles, which was probably the biggest month I ever had. And I was like, I'm going to hit 200 in February. Let's go. <laughs> and... <laughs> Well, no, it didn't happen then, but it was on its way. What happened, I don't know what it was, but in February, I just can't say I lost my motivation because I ran every day, but instead of running five and six miles every day, I was like, eh, three, eh, two, eh, five. So I went from 197 miles in January and I ran like 120 in February. And the end of February, beginning of March, I got an email that said, the Wilmington Marathon is going to happen. And I was, and that was the one from a year ago that got shut up, shut down a week before it was supposed to happen. And I was like, yes, a marathon. Let's go. Revenge so tour. Down. Yeah. Let's go. So Friday I ran six, six miles. Saturday I ran 10 miles. Sunday I ran seven miles. Monday I ran five miles. So I ran like 40 miles, one third of my entire February in four days. And my niece said, fuck you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I did the exact same thing I did when I very first started running and I got an overuse injury. And I was like, dang it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've, I've coached a couple of kids through the same runner's knee thing. And so I know exactly what it takes. It's what I finally discovered. And it's what you touched on. It's freaking strength work that everybody says they need to do. I've said it beginning of COVID, I was going to do it every single day because I have nothing better to do. I'm going to get stronger and that lasted a month. Hi, it's me who also said that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you made it a month. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Beachbody one, you got my, or Beachbody on demand, you got my hundred bucks, but you didn't, I didn't get my hundred bucks worth. No. Um, but that was just me. And, you know, so I started doing the strength stuff. Um, I had a couple of people suggest some things. Um, Jackie, JJ Hellier, um, yeah. she sent me a little uh, hip flexor, glute activation, three little simple exercises she does every day. And I'm doing them probably about five times a week now. And they're game changers. That along with your typical squats, lunges, all that kind of stuff that we know we should be doing, but it's just not as fun as running. <laughs> um and that if I'm being not. honest, full disclosure, I'm not doing it as many times a week now as I was a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And dang you guys for reminding me that I should be doing it. <laughs> you so. are welcome, my friend. Because <laughs> guess what? I can attest. I, it's so funny what your brain tells you. Because right now I'm doing a handful of little things for glute activation. And so here's the funny part, Jim. I go to see this PT and um, she had this college kid that just came into job shadow for eight weeks. And this was week one for this girl in day one. And I lay down on the table and the, the physical therapist says, uh, Hey, do you mind if a grad student over here looks at your butt? (laughs) And I said, uh, Nope. Sure. Look at my butt. Have a great time. (laughs) 
And shorts on, shorts off. It was shorts on. I'm just How, kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you know. Um, so within 30 seconds, and it was so funny. So I wrecked a dirt bike when I was 15. My left leg has been considered my weak leg for in my brain for the last 20 years. So I'm always like, yep, my left leg's just my weak leg, and that's just the way life works. And I lay down on this table and she goes, your left butt cheek is so much stronger than your, and she goes, and your right quad isn't really, you know what? Everything from your knee up on your right leg is kind of suffering. And I thought I've betrayed myself. Wow. <laughs> I thought no my doubt. left leg was this, you are the weakest link, right? I thought oh, my left leg was, was the problem. <laughs> it, yeah. And sure enough, she's like, yeah, you're right. What's going on? And she goes, dude, your right calf is like enormous compared to your left calf because it's just trying to do as much work as is humanly possible to carry this whole trash can called your right quad <laughs> and your right butt cheek. Mm. Mm. So, uh, you know, and it's so funny because I got home that night and I had my running shorts on and I laid down on the couch and I um, put both of my legs straight out to flex my quads. And I was like, damn it my right leg is so much smaller how did it, you don't notice it until someone's like dude it's kind of unimpressive and you're like no it's not and then you're like yeah it really is but so i'm doing the exercises i'm doing the strength work i'm doing all those things and sure enough there will probably be a light switch and i am actively right now doing the mental work of dude do not turn the light switch off when they give you the green light to return to normal what we all define as regular we are not regular uh as i have been told now by a physical therapist and a massage therapist because they go so what do you do after they just worked on you know a 70 year old woman who had hip replacement surgery and i'm telling them you know i'm running 140 miles a month and i'm training for a half marathon and they go this is we don't see you you're not right. the original you're not the person that comes in that we deal with all the time i have to change my game because what gloria was doing 20 minutes ago ain't gonna cut it for you <laughs> so i'm hey i'm guilty i i I'm not, that wasn't an attempt to remind your brain that we're all dropping the ball on that. Blair, Blair doesn't drop the ball. Blair, no. Blair. Yes, I do. I just don't talk ball. about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blair, Blair's living the Instagram life. She's just showing us the good stuff. That's right. That's right. Which no, no. Are. I just, see, I, you, if you look at it, I don't comment for or against it. <laughs> I just don't comment <laughs> at all about it. But my time is very limited in my life. So I, if I have 45 minutes, I have to be specific in my usage of my 45 minutes. You're, so. but you also, you also do the cycling and the running, which she does. Yes. You know, for all, for yes. So cycling, the cycling is your strength. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cycling makes a big difference for me. And then, um, I have, my mom's a yoga teacher, so she constantly incorporates different things that I do so that my body doesn't completely fall apart every morning when I get up. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I just don't, I just don't talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. 
She's like secretly the Zen master over here, Jim, and she's just not. Yeah, she. No, I'm not. I'm really just not. She is. <laughs> she is, and she's not even humble bragging. She's just humble. She's just over yeah, here. Right. Just, right. Exactly. You know. <laughs> no. No. Mm -mm, no. But listen, I am guilty, right? I'm over here, Jim. To those of you listening, my hand is up. I am attesting. <laughs> I am well, guilty. If they I'm tell sorry. me that the switch can come back on, I'm gonna try to be the better version of myself and stick with it. I'm going to try. Well, really I'm, I'm starting to be convinced that the brain really doesn't want to run because that's, sure. it, it, you know, we all know it's the, as soon as you start out, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. You sure you want to do this? You're, Every time. You're killing yourself. What are you right. going to do? Well, now I'm starting to think that, that, and call me crazy here, but the brain's even smarter than we give it credit for because now it realizes that when it throws out the, why are we doing this? You're just going to say, shut up, we're running today. And it's going to go, dang it, okay. Well, now it knows that the strength work is really the secret to make you fast and better. And so instead of throwing out the, why are we running today? It's throwing out, your legs feel good. You don't That's need right. to do any strength work. It's so it's, yeah. it's backdoor sabotaging us. <laughs> And keeping us from not getting strong enough so we can continue to run. So eventually we don't run. So it doesn't have to say, why are we running? Makes I sense. feel like we need to start every day. Good sense. We need to start every day with, I am not the $6 million man. Despite whatever <laughs> my brain tells me today, mm, that's I valid. should do the work. That's valid. Because you are a trillion percent right that... If you wake up and your legs feel like a spring chicken, you're like, who needs squats? I mm -hmm. am a wrecking ball. I can do anything. 100%. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. You I mean you don't it, wake man. up and go, it's because of the squats that I feel like a spring chicken? But I think that's what we need to train it to. That's oh. where it's <laughs> right. We, okay. We've gotten past we've gotten past the why are we run phase. So right. Now okay. To, so now force ourselves to gotcha. do the strength. So the brain shuts up in that regard. Gotcha. So what we're getting at here, Blair, is because <laughs> you you haven't signed up for enough things in your life, you should start a service that just texts people at a certain yes. time. You know what? You can't I text me totally at the same time that. you would text. I Jim. would give you an affirmation for your day and That's a right. reminder for your Right. Well, but, I would do but, that. But what would be perfect is because your laugh is so infectious. <laughs> there it is. And see uh -huh. if you throw in, throw in. If you don't do, if you don't do your workout today, you're gonna hate yourself tomorrow. <laughs> right. I can't even begin to tell you how many times in my life I've been made fun of for this laugh. So it oh, is God. rare to hear that it is infectious. No, it's awesome. <laughs> Hello. Well, Thank you. Con considering that through a few episodes of the podcast <laughs> that people have listened to so far, there's an overwhelming majority of people who are I know. Saying, so I really I am, think I've missed out on my people. I'm when subscribing. I was up. <laughs> I'm subscribing for the Blair laughter. Just yeah, so we're all clear, yeah. you're getting a very healthy dose of Blair laughter today. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I hope this makes you laugh while you're running too, because. <laughs> I tend to laugh while I run, but that could just be me. Because in my also, thoughts, I'm like, oh, I just tripped. I hope everyone saw that. <laughs> I also have an identifiable laugh, but 
I don't think that it's a good one. Oh, really? <laughs> it's just, you know. Loud that, and right? Yeah. It's, it's that dang brain being our own worst critic. Oh, you're, you're right, Jim. I, yes. You know, well, 100%. You know, it's like when you hear yourself on tape. God, that sounds terrible. I um, yeah. So we actually think about this a lot. Sean listens to all of our podcasts a lot, and I, I don't always listen to it. <laughs> There's but, nothing yeah. as cool, soft, and soothing as me listening to myself. To myself. <laughs> as I mix this that's podcast. Right. Yes. I am right. my favorite podcast. I yes. that's right. Well, I, you know, I am my favorite audience. I'm very as funny. I mix it, I just think, man, I sound so good. Just so, so good. good. <laughs> so good. Like I was made for radio. I, I missed mean, my calling. Man. Clearly. That's hilarious. Oh. So how How's everything feeling though? I know that you said you've kind of been off the wagon on the strength training, but do you feel like everything's kind of back under you? Yeah. 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 I'm back. I'm back. I mean, after Jim's after, back, everybody. Yeah. After, well, as soon as, as soon as Wilmington announced, I did that 40 mile stint in four days or whatever it was, five days. Right. And my knee said, I don't think so. So I immediately contacted Wilmington and said, can you switch me from the marathon to the half marathon? And in my brain, I said, because I'll be back in three weeks. Right. Um, it's, it's undoubtable. It's All a logical, right. mathematical Jim, equation Jim, as a runner. <laughs> I signed up for a virtual half that I still haven't completed. Signing up for it, having known that I wasn't ready to do it, having already known that the calf was a problem and thought, 12 days, it's fine. And right, Blair and I had the awesome conversation of couch to half marathon in 12 days. And uh didn't go great. So. It didn't, but it was going to be a really great selling point. <laughs> it was. But we were going to have a great fitness video, but didn't pay. Yeah. In, oh, in my mind, when races were coming back, right. um, the Myrtle Beach Half Marathon was originally in February, which was going to be about six weeks before Wilm the original Wilmington date. And I was like, that's a perfect tune-up for my marathon. Well, right. they both got delayed. Myrtle Beach ended up being after Wilmington. So I made the same hard decision um, that you made, Sean, and I saw Kaylee made recently yes. um, where I'm just not ready to run this thing. And I reset my focus for Myrtle, Myrtle Beach and getting back there. And two weeks before Myrtle Beach, I was back to running consistently. The knee wasn't bothering me anymore. And um, I did one nine mile run before Myrtle Beach and ran that and had a tremendous time. Um, and I haven't had a single issue with the knee since, awesome. um, you know, with, with most overuse stuff, you, you've got to give it the time it needs to, um, recover because March was March. Um, I think I ran a total of 50 miles in April because that's what the knee needed to get back. Um, and that included the two weeks right before Myrtle Beach, where I was starting to run a little bit more consistently. And when I say consistently, 15 miles a week. Yeah. Um, but I knew in my brain that if my knee wasn't hurting, I would be able to run a half marathon because once, mm -hmm. once you've done it and, and you know what it takes, yeah, it's not going to be a PR and it's probably going right. to suck more than it should. Mm -hmm. But if you just make a decision that you're going to finish, you're going to finish. Um, and, and I was in the corral, Myrtle Beach did a great job social distancing everybody and, and starting it in waves and that type of thing. And I was in a corral with 
with Rachel Runs Virginia, and we both mm-hmm. looked at each other and we said, the goal is to run this whole thing. And I said, let's do it together. Yeah. And and it was exactly what I needed because I would have quit and walked many times. She said yeah. she would have quit and walked many times. But being in that setting and being around other humans again that we hadn't done in 15 months, all of a sudden I was like, this, this is why I run. You know, running is fun, but having that victory lap, having that carrot out in front of you, whatever you want to call it, um, that fun, that community, um, that's what it's all about. And, and I'm thankful for the online relationships I've built in the last 15 months that have at least kept me in it, if you will. But man, when we, when we went out and ran a live race again, I was just like, God, I missed this. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. So the knees back hundred percent, I'm starting, I'm taking May and June to get my mileage up. And I'm going to start training for Richmond. Blair, are you coming to Richmond? Blair, Blair, are you coming to Richmond? I know, I know. Yes, I'm. We're, I'm yes, we're figuring said, it out. It's going to happen. Everyone, stop. Stop your watches, everybody. Even He's just take coming. a moment. My children but I'm going to start come, training but... for Richmond on July 1st. Yeah. So um, that was. I mean, Jim, you 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 just led right into it because I was going to say we all need to take a moment and prepare seemingly everybody that I talk to and everybody who comments or talks to me via the podcast or even strangers in Kroger. Sometimes I might even be like, Hey, Richmond, November. Yep. I think you should be there. I know you're, I know that you, um, are maybe 75 and you've never run, but (laughs) it's only 13.1 miles. And I think you'd, I think you'd have a great time. You can do it by November. Yeah. 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 You start now, you can be there. That's right. Um, Six months is plenty of time. Mm -hmm. It's a great time to start. No doubt. But yeah. All right. We got her. She's committed. Richmond, it's going to happen. It Um, is. Yep. It's going to be a birthday thing. Autumn and I need a birthday celebration. So that's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and more than anything, I think for Blair and I, we might just have to turn (laughs) it into like a live pod telethon. I hope so. Just to. Mm-hmm. A live yeah, remote. Yeah, I want you to figure that out by then. Mm-hmm. A live yeah. remote. Let me go ahead and start figuring this out. Yeah. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday post race. We have right. a meetup. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're listening to this, whoever you are, you're listening to this, and we'll you here Richmond, Richmond <laughs> and you come to Richmond, you better come. And you come to Richmond. We're gonna there's gonna be a meetup somewhere, mm-hmm. and you need to have a live remote. But you'll have to have it. Well, no, you have you have the E next to it, so you wouldn't have to have a delay. But you can have a live remote. <laughs> you know what you're signing up for. I'm like, the there's a YouTube like live streaming situation. Is that what's happening now? It, you it need to be, stream it. It. Like, it would be like Super Bowl week when all the sports right. radio guys are down there, right. and they would just have different people come up and go, "Hey, this is Kaylee, yep. and Kaylee runs. This is Run Harder. This is shot. This is Running Donuts. You know, and yes, and, oh yeah." I hope you're writing this down. Are you writing this down? I don't see any writing. I'm making, (laughs) hey, I'm taking all the notes. Oh, you can (laughs) mentally take notes because I cannot. So (laughs) today, today, today I can, I can achieve it. Okay. My mental notepads are full. (laughs) If nothing else, I think the city of Richmond will have to send a warning out to the citizens of Richmond that they should leave the city Saturday night. (laughs) Yes. On account of the fact that 
the three of us plus 20 other people in our track street crew are continuously enticing people to show up. I can't wait for the point that Richmond's like, uh, yeah, that's a lot. That's just a lot. Um, <laughs> We've met our quota. Yeah. <laughs> too many, not too many. Maybe you need a four-year run booth at the expo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Are you ready for that? For those of you at home, I just wish you could have seen the look <laughs> on Sean's face when I said that. Was it fear? I don't know which one. I don't know if it was fear or like sincere, like, oh, right. Yeah. It's mostly like I could make this work. It's mostly that I think it could happen. <laughs> and as I think both of you are pretty aware when it comes to me, um, if it's big or go, it's go big I, or go home. I really, really like to tackle absurd challenges. Um, <laughs> in this case, right, I started for the run without having a clue how to even produce, manufacture, ship. The first day that I opened for the run, I thought people are going to buy stuff. And then I guess I have to figure out how to ship it to them. <laughs> There's um, a post office. I'm sure yeah. that'll help. <laughs> And then Blair and I recorded an episode of this podcast and I went, so mixing podcasts, let's yes. figure that out. How do out. I do that? And then distributing. Out, yeah. 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 So many things he's figured so, all of it out. All that you've done here, Jim, is go, uh, hey, Sean, here's um, not just a carrot. It's like, here's the truck that carries the carrots. <laughs> you're out. And my imagine, brain says, that sounds fun. Because in my brain, I'm thinking you know, the expo, you know, which, mm -hmm. which Richmond has a pretty decent expo for uh -huh. a smaller marathon. It, it does. You know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just seeing all the people packed into this small little four year run booth and people are like, who the heck is this? Wouldn't that be just freaking epic? It would it's, be. It's it really the two would be. people in your life that you never know, knew you needed as much as you. <laughs> That's exactly what, right. Is that on a shirt somewhere yet? No. <laughs> The two people you need, you didn't know you need. That's yeah. right. But you do right. now. Listen. Be a long slogan. We, that, we could get Allstate to sponsor. Allstate, yeah. that's right. right. And Disney. Um, <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> right. And then we just need some sort of local Richmond craft brewery hard cider place for. I'm Bethany. sure we could find that. I mean, sure maybe gonna... we'll have to reach out to Rachel. <laughs> I was going to say, we might have to put some of our Virginia track streeters onto the scent of that one. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out the brewery for sure. I'm sure it can happen. Uh, and the thing so. is, Jim, my brain agrees with you and that's very, <laughs> very problematic. Well, you're like, like, we've said many times, you're brother, a brother from another mother. So, you know, I, innately, I just know what to, to throw I, out there. You do. The, the wheels are turning. <laughs> There's so many gears turning to right now. way too many. There's not enough oil to grease all those gears. It's mm -hmm. true. And I, I'm, I'm actually totally stunned, Jim, that two years ago, we did not get kicked out of the Richmond Expo for loitering. <laughs> I want to oh, give, right. yeah. give a huge yeah, shout out. You did say that. A huge shout out to Autumn and Tina, 
who just stood there while Jim and I <laughs> seemingly talked for ninety minutes in the middle of the expo floor. Uh-huh. We were, we were like we were like the two the two boys in kindergarten who like you know mm-hmm. become best friends and we're just skipping along the playground holding hands going oh this is so much fun this man is- I wish I had seen that. <laughs> Yeah, I really wish I'd seen that. Could yep, you maybe do crazy. that this year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like skipping. <laughs> We've talked about this, Blair. We're going to skip somewhere. It's going to I mean, we are going to be the most awkward skippers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should do the three-legged skip, like the three-legged race. Oh, the potato sack race. Yeah. Although, although Sean, as tall race. as you are, though, you'd be wrapped around Blair's waist. Yeah. I don't know. It, I don't. I don't know. Wear my big shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I wear my tall shoes. That makes me even taller. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Richmond. Oh. Yeah. Be there or be square. Yeah, and if you have trouble finding us, then you really have a lot of problems because it's going to be a really large gathering of people. <laughs> Just look for the horde of 70 people gathered together. Yes. And don't worry, I have already uh, thought I, I, I have three Track Street Richmond Run Club shirts that I mm-hmm. have put together but have not shared with anybody. They are just mm. sitting in a folder because Wait. I am my own worst critic. And I, if, if I don't absolutely hate something, then that must mean it's okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great standard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Autumn gets to um, live the life of, I will sit at my laptop designing something and she'll walk by and go, that looks really great. And I'll go. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, I got to say, I cannot uh, wait for Track Street in Richmond because it's basically my opportunity to get that. That's the, the next real running thing on my calendar is Richmond effectively. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I drop a couple of incredibly ill-conceived races on my calendar ahead of that. But for right now, it is the North Star of my in-person races calendar. Yeah, so. I, I, because I pulled the trigger on so many things last year in hopes it was going to come back. I'm so yeah. hesitant now. Um, but yeah, that I'm in the I'm in the same boat. I'll probably drop one in there somewhere, but um, Richmond is the deal. And and you we keep saying track street, track street, track street. But if you're going to be in Richmond, come join us, whoever you are. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody. We are not we are not yeah. exclusive at all. No. No. Anything. No. We're the we're the land of misfit toys. And if you like to laugh and run, um, yeah. Those are the people. only two prerequisites, <laughs> laughter exactly right. and running. That's it. That's we exactly don't really right. have any I mean, other if, guidelines. <laughs> I think I told you, Jim, within five or six months after Track Street kind of really started gaining traction, I was like, uh, I guess we're the least official, official running club of all time. Right. And I think that that has stuck for sure. Pretty much. Because yeah. life's we got way too many serious things in our lives to take this stuff serious. So that's for sure. 
100%, no doubt. And I'm just glowing with excitement over here, knowing that I will come out of this podcast with yet another colossally large thing that my brain wants to achieve. So thank well, you. I'll, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'll, I'll can, periodically remind you as well. Yes. Yeah. It can totally happen. I, with some friends, we opened a clinic in like a month, an entire clinic for children with special needs. So we can totally get a tent and some stuff at an expo by November. So I'll, I'll tell you both. And Autumn will either hear this in the other room right now and laugh, knowing that this is 100% right, and I'm deciding to say it here and not directly to her face, oh, which good. is, I, hope she I excel. So yesterday is a perfect example. We had yard work to do, and my brain, which I've inherited from my mother, my mother is one of the greatest optimists of all time, but it doesn't always pan out in such a wonderful way because I thought yeah this yard work eh, whatever it's three four hours of yard work i can knock that out yeah that was eight and a half nine hours of yard work but now take that into every other equation jim which is you know uh i i'll make a shirt for tommy ribs what can go wrong with that <coughs> and <Excuse> then <laughs> you know 700 people find it and then i'm like oh crap Oops. so we need to and and then i'm packing shirts with my mother my father and my wife through covid and mm -hmm. um, and then after i did it the first time i thought to myself i'll do it again i'll put them back fun. up why not you know we're better at it now yeah right right it's a streamlined process now it yep. all makes sense mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't have to fumble this time <laughs> This is my brain and my brain is now fully engaged. So, well, and, and the brain, everything works perfectly. There's no challenges. There's no right. issue. There's no, there's no runner's knee. There's no, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, life is perfect in your brain. That's right. Good Lord. That's why I was going to run that 12 day training virtual and it was going to be the greatest to half marathon. It was so going to be good if it worked out. <laughs> it really was. It really was. I, mean, I will say the largest challenge for me, and you can both monitor me and tell me, yo, you should probably pump your brakes is, and I'm, I've already said this to myself internally. So there is some positivity here. That thing of once they, again, once the physical therapist would, would say to me, okay, now you can proceed with getting back to your regularly scheduled running. I cannot just jump back on to the 10 to 12 mile horse a day kind of thing. I have to be, you know, dare I say it, because I don't know if one exists, but a responsible runner. <laughs> it's, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, I thought you. you were supposed to do a bit of a run. I thought you had a little like yellow light for this weekend. Okay. So I did. And I, uh -huh. I ran five miles on the tread this morning. It okay. was, it was planned to be a 10 K. Yes. Um, but you know, that, that thing called my optimistic brain yesterday thought I yes. only had four hours a yard. Right. Work. That's true. Okay. Said, I see. Yep. Oh, we're a little more sore than we thought we'd be. Cause I raked most of my yard yesterday gotcha. and I will say, I think it went pretty well. I, uh, I was reminded today of the power, the supreme power of runner's high. Um, 
true. It's a it's a really wonderful thing. And uh, my calf doesn't feel too bad. But yeah, I got a green light. And it, I feel like it was kind of a trap, though, because my physical therapist was like, well, if it doesn't go well, we can just dry needle you again, which was almost like, I want to dry needle you again. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, right now the calf is feeling relatively good. We'll see how it feels as the night goes on. And I will certainly at least update both of you on the status of how many needles go in my leg tomorrow. So uh, that's, that's, I've seen people post pictures with the dry needling thing done and I've, you know, decided that I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so, so at all costs, I'm going to avoid that, that thing. Yeah. That does not look fun. So I won't go into detail of describing it. Cause every time I describe it to someone, I lead with the precursor of it's not as bad as it sounds. And then when I finish describing it, they go, you are right. And now I also don't want to do it. It doesn't hurt nearly as bad as I thought it would. It's really not too much of a pain. It is that the needle has to basically find the knot and then the knot is effectively going to make this strong sensation of pressure because it needs to, you know, release some of that tension from your muscle. So it's not a pain. It's just like, uh, I would liken it to like a small cramping sensation, not a bad one, right? It's not like a full-blown calf cramp, but when they put the dry needle into say your calf with a big knot in it, they kind of put it in until they're, they're like, do you feel pressure? And you're like, okay, now I do feel pressure. And at that point, the needle's in the right place and then they can kind of work the tension of the muscle out. So it wasn't, listen, I went into this with the full disclaimer. I told the physical therapist, I said, I am positive that this will hurt. I am afraid of it. And now let's proceed. <laughs> <laughs> but it it's like acupuncture. Hard. Have you ever had it, acupuncture done? It's okay. So depending on who you ask about this, I Googled it. So according to Google. I, well, um, when they are reliable resource, obviously. <laughs> it's be true. So some people I, say, yes, they are very related. And some people say they are the furthest thing from one another, possibly in the history of needles. Um, okay. Acupuncture is basically, it has, acupuncture has uh, like fluid in it that is put into the muscle and dry okay. needling is just called what it is. It's a okay. needle with no fluid. So that gotcha. is effectively the difference. But apparently to some people, that means they are the most radically different thing ever. Gotcha. I mean, I've had acupuncture and I know what you mean about like finding that like pressure point and like sitting yeah. in that moment. <laughs> Do they so just... have this thing called massage where you people live? All right. <laughs> Jim. I mean, no, sometimes I mean, you just skip that and just go right to dry needling. I mean, let's just let's just jab sharp objects deep into our <laughs> and muscles see if that and gets the knot out. Pressure <laughs> in yes. order to relieve the pressure. That makes so, sense. This this is certainly going to come as a shock to you, Jim. My muscles are nearly as stubborn as my brain, in that sense that <laughs> I have had massage therapist work on my calf for about six months now, and she would just be like. The thing in your calf, and she, I mean, no joke, she worked on my calf. One time I, I've done a couple two hour massage sessions because she wanted 30 minutes for my calf. And she was just like, Good Lord. I tried and I okay. did release some stuff. So trust me, buddy, this was not me being like, sign me up, get those <laughs> needles right in my leg. This was, um, I messaged. 
I messaged our friend Andrea. I messaged Kaylee. I talked to various other people and was like, yeah, so uh, it's been seven months now and my calf still feels like it has icy hot on it 24 seven. That's so, what it feels like. Uh, the top of my calf where it was inflamed just felt like it had icy hot on it because it was so inflamed. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and that dissipated to speak to, this is me trying to promote dry needling to everyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> Be open I, to it is really what he's trying to tell you. Be open. <laughs> the inflammation part dissipated probably within four hours and that hasn't come back and my calf feels like a regular muscle for the most part right now so well obviously it works or, or you know because i think it's gaining a little bit in popular popularity and if and if i'd have been fighting something i i don't think i would have waited seven months sean i'd have been here much sooner because yeah. I'd, I'd have tried everything out i'd have been like give me this give me that Give me, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk magic beans. I don't care. I'll try anything. And yeah, yeah. and seven you know, months I mean, is a long time. Honestly, the problem was it would get really tight and then I would give it two weeks of mild rest, which mild rest by my definition was two to five miles a day at an easy pace. And then the inflammation would dissipate. And then I'd go, guess what? light switch back on as we have alluded to earlier Jim. Seven to 10 and every day. <laughs> i would come back out and try to throw down a 12 miler on a saturday and then my calf would be like uh hey guess what we <laughs> were like actually that. joking everything <laughs> I don't sucks like, I don't yeah like that. <laughs> so that was the game i played through and i was juggling a couple other things which again just a reminder to everyone out there strength training <laughs> um <laughs> My left knee, my left knee basically gives up on me every February, which I've also talked to plenty of people about. And Blair might not have a real rough concept of this because she's not acclimated with this thing called cold weather. Um, no, 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 thanks. But yes. <laughs> because you're running in the cold, your body no. tends to be a little more tense. Your muscles tend to be a little more rigid. So that's running in winter <laughs> over time. Yeah, yeah that's why. Running through winter over time starts to break some muscles down if you're not being kind to them. And I have a bunch of scar tissue in my left leg. So I do two and a half months of winter running. And then by the mid of February, my knee is like, we do not like this. But I also think it's because usually every November, I get done doing some strength training and think that I have once again become invincible and run for five <laughs> months. And then I have a knee problem. Dang it. Strength training, strength training. So what have we learned today? Hmm. Well, to everyone listening, they've learned that Sean might not learn anything. <laughs> no, no. You're just, they might just learn that you're slow at learning. Right. You're going to get there. It's just, you right. have to, you know, you're carving your own path, sir. It's your called own path. stubborn. I'm well, stubborn. Well, you know, and eventually and the I... stubborn learn their own way. Hey, <laughs> We're giving yeah. you the grace with which to figure that out on your own. Well, actually mm -hmm. your calf is, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh. We're trying. We're, yeah. A work in progress. <laughs> oh, we are man. all a work in progress though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That is a hundred percent. Oh, well, Jim, I got to tell you, I know that we are T minus what? 90 minutes to two hours away from Jim goes to bed to wake up at 3 13 mm, in the morning and go for a run. I feel like you should talk about that. Because <laughs> um, that can't, no. Well, <laughs> you should be in bed now, actually. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's three hours. No, 
three hours, I'm already asleep for an hour. Right. Um, my very first marathon, when I started training, I was getting workouts and being a coach, being a teacher, I'm, I'm at school every day until four thirty five o'clock. Right. And there, there's not enough time to get it in. I mean, if, if I came home, it was either dinner or run. Right. And at, yep. at the time, my daughter was still in high school. I don't think my son was. I don't think so. But anyway, and, and not only is it dinner or run, but your phone vibrates. People call you. All those things. Um, I was just like, I'm not going to be able to run seven, eight miles at five o'clock at night. And I, and, and when I first started, I was like, this is nuts. This is stupid. Who gets up at this time? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I will say with my first one, the, the, the weekly runs weren't as long because I wasn't as in good a shape. So, and, and it just, it just happened. And, and three, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, there's no distractions. I might see, I run in my neighborhood. I might see a car. And if I do see a car, it's the one delivering the newspapers. Um, but it's peaceful and I'm done. I come home, I brew some coffee. I have a cup of coffee and I have 30 minutes. That's just mine. But I have that whole time to sit there and go the hardest part of my day. And when I say hardest, it's actually easy, but I mean, physically hardest part of my day is already done. I don't have it looming over me all day long of, I need to get that run in. I've got to run five miles today. And, and it just gets harder. And it's like a monkey on your back. And that monkey by three o'clock becomes a gorilla. And then by five o'clock, if you get home, that gorilla's King Kong. And you're like, Oh my God, I got to get this run in. And that's just a whole level of stress that is avoided by me getting it done first thing in the morning. And and yes, I have people at school that are like, how do you do it? And I'm like, it's not that big a deal. And they're like, what time do you go to bed? And I say, eight o'clock. And they're like, oh, but what are you doing after eight o'clock anyway? Now, it's a little bit different. Blair, I know you got younger kids. I wouldn't, and I tell people this all the time. I wouldn't be able to do this if I had younger kids. Right. I'm fortunate because both my kids are adult kids. I don't have that, you know, to do because I remember at eight o'clock at night from eight to 10, <laughs> that was my, <sighs> I don't have any kids time. Or I'm can, still wrestling my children into bedtime. Like, yeah, yeah, but, but you know what I mean though, when you get them there yeah. and, and that the parenting is over with for right. an hour, two hours, you know, it, it's, you need that time, but I don't, I don't need that time. Dave. Right. If I don't go to bed, I'm going to be sitting there watching. Shit's something you don't need to watch. <laughs> you know, something on TV that, you know, is entertaining, but you know, it's not the end of the world if I miss it. Right. So but, has your, has your mind always, and what I mean by this is some people are just naturally equipped to be more effective. So for me, design-wise, creatively, I'm working on it, but my mind used to suddenly go, aha, at 10.30 at night, 
and say, I'm creative now. So now I need two hours to dump all of my creativity out onto the screen or paper or anything like that. That's where I used to be the most effective. Did, has your mind, I'm asking because was it a hurdle for you to adapt to going to bed earlier, waking up earlier, or were you always kind of built to be early riser and and trust me i see on your ig story some days that you're like this was not fun greeting the day at such an early hour was there adapt was there some adaptiveness to that or were you just kind of wired for that no i definitely was not wired for that um there's this wonderful thing called toddlers um (laughs) that changes everything um, I was asleep uh, until eight, nine, ten o'clock. Um, <laughs> at, before I had kids, if it was a fun night on a Friday night, it might even be noon. Um, but when you got toddlers yeah. that are, are at the age where either one of two things, they can climb out of their crib <laughs> or they're now in a big boy bed. And when they wake up, they come over and they're patting you on the face saying, wake up, daddy, wake up, daddy. Um, so now sleeping in for me is really seven o'clock. Uh, sure. And that, and that just came with parenting. So yep. did I, did I, was there, there was, there was a time where I had to adapt from getting up at five to be ready to leave for school by six, six, 15 and mm-hmm. getting up at, you know, depending on the day, two forty-five to three thirty, depending on how long the run is. Um, but no, I became a morning person when my kids forced me, you know, and, it's very and I know, yeah. I know the dude is your kid, but the dude's not quite that he might, he might get you up long enough to let him out and come back in. But uh, you know, when you've got that little one, who's not going to take no for an answer, you know, um, your whole life changes in that regard. So no, I was, I was a night owl okay. until my kids reached to the point where they said, you're no longer going to be a night owl. Yeah. I, you know, yep. That is right. (laughs) You know, sleeping in. Sean's like, and yet another reason why (laughs) (laughs) I'm really thankful. I have a dog. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. The, the dude is, uh, incredibly effective at really not bothering us at all in the evenings, which is, uh, a fantastic thing, but yeah, not necessarily assistive to, um, I, I, this isn't a goal of mine, so I'm not, you know, but I'm not, I'm not sure that the 315 will ever be on my radar, but, no. uh, I, no. I do have to say there, there is a real, real attractive component to that, which is the mental monkey, if you will. Right. I absolutely. If I have things that I have to do right off the, you know, moment I wake up to get my day going. And my run, that means my run isn't coming until 5.30 or 6, then yeah. Yeah, it sits on my shoulder all day. So that that is a, a component that absolutely I go, yeah, that that uh, that stuff Jim's doing, he, he, he's, he's on to something over there. Well, I mean, I, I know I'm knucking futz um, <laughs> for doing it. I, I know that. And as soon as somebody asks me, I say, it's crazy, you know, you know, it's, it, but if I was also in a position where I worked a nine to five and not one where I needed to be at school by six forty-five in the morning, right? Yeah. you know, I wouldn't get up that early, 
you know, my, my work day is, you know, seven o'clock to two 30 until I coach, you know? So if I wasn't coaching, I don't know that I would, I would come home at, at, you know, be home by three, three 30 and probably do my run before dinner because right. it wouldn't be the dinner hour, but right. you know, and I, and I try to tell this to my, my runners and my, my students and even, even raising my kids is there's only two things you can control your attitude and your actions. And life is stressful enough that if you control what you do to minimize stresses in your life, that, that monkey on your back, that, that run that you need to do, that just, that just adds a, another layer of, you know, unneeded stress. Now, am I saying that if you don't want stress in your life, run at three o'clock in the morning? No, that's not going to, that's not going to solve your problem. <laughs> no, I promise you that. It just takes one little item off your card or your dance card, wherever you want to call yeah. it, of all the stuff you have to do during the day. And that just works for me. And I'll be honest with you. It frustrates my wife sometimes when I've had a long day and I look over at her and it's seven o'clock and I go, I think I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. And she looks at me like, what? you know, cause she likes to have a little time with me too, yeah. but I think she's a lot happier knowing that I'm in bed asleep than wondering where her husband is at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So there's, I'm, I'm truly blessed that, that, you know, she supports me and lets me be knuck and futz all on my own. Um, and you know, it's who we are, mm -hmm. you know, so, mm -hmm. but well, and you're good. a better person when you do it too. Like, so I'm sure yeah. she appreciates that. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, she's, yeah, I've got, I've got little post-it notes all on my mirror in the bathroom. And usually she'll leave me a note when she goes out of town. And I still have the one that says, looking forward to all the October races. And that uh -huh. was Marine Corps Marathon. That was another race. And then right after that was Richmond 2019. Um, because she likes being around the people and mm -hmm. hanging out and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there. She said to me the other day, she just started doing, um, burn boot camp. Yes. She, she yes. used to do yoga like crazy Uh huh. and our gym's not the way it used to be. And she's right. like, I know a couple people that are doing this. I want to try it. And so, uh, she's committed to do it. And she told and she's probably going to be angry for, for me saying this, but she told the woman when she was assessing her goals and that type of thing that I think it was by October, she wanted to finish a 5k. Oh, that's so exciting. And oh, when she told me that I looked at her and I was like, uh oh, really, really come welcome you know? to the dark side. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Welcome to the dark side, oh. Tina. <laughs> so We're so happy to have you. <laughs> uh, slowly on our way. We're going to, we're going to slowly pull her in. That's Tina, okay. that's uh, all right. Tina, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a half marathon in Richmond. In <laughs> <laughs> you know how some of those race weekends have five Ks? Did did we look to see if there's a five K like the Friday nope, before? We didn't, but there we might. There might be. I'm just curious if really maybe you know how sometimes like what is it? Chicago has like a five K and a and a marathon, right? But some of them have like a little bit of each distance, so everybody can dabble in which one they like. I wonder if there's a my, how, would that, <laughs> how would that be her first race medal sporting it around and right with, wouldn't it be with all great? The crazies? so oh, we're looking more than, into it more than anything jim 
I really, really like the concept that there are people watching all these other people finish a 5k and a runner runs by and three or four people say, you know, come on, Carol, because that's their group. And Tina comes through and 47 people are like, Tina! <laughs> and the people are like, really who in the hell real. is that <laughs> person? That would be spectacular. It would. That would no be doubt. so good. Oh, that would be awesome. <sighs> well, my brother, man, unless people are on a two hour run, I think we're going to wrap this thing up. <laughs> I hear you, man. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. I love you guys. Oh, I love you back, buddy. I, 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 I told Autumn that my greatest fear for this day was putting me, you, and Blair in a space. And I'm really proud of us. <laughs> I have to say to I mean, all of our on. listeners, you've made it. You've made it through the Blair, Sean, and Jim marathon yeah it's just you're rounding the last corner your 10 mile marathon like it's a nice hour and a half ish it's a good long run podcast or you break us up into tiny little pieces this episode (laughs) this episode aside from getting the e with it is going to also come with a disclaimer that plan run accordingly everybody (laughs) yes absolutely yes yes but that's okay it's been fantastic yeah, man. I appreciate you, Blair. I I know that we're co-hosts on this, but I appreciate both of you people. You both are very, very important, not just to my running life, but to regular life. So being able to talk to both of you for any extended period of time in my life is something I will always sign up for. This was so. definitely my favorite day counting down from when we scheduled it <laughs> yeah it's awesome y'all, y'all are great. i just like listening to jim always makes me feel better about myself <laughs> it's true you know i i heard someone he say also made earlier, me cry this morning so I, I heard someone say earlier blair that this jim guy is somehow you know good at coaching people and making them feel good about themselves he's really good at it i can see why he's good at it it's just innate you know it's just an innate characteristic of right because i'm terrible at taking compliments i know i know you are but you really deserve them and (laughs) i love i love when you have your gym talks those are my favorite (laughs) moments for sure even if they're at 3 a.m or well it's it's interesting blair because every once in a while i'm like you know, I should record a story. You should. And then I'm just walking along and I'm like, but I don't have anything to say. And I just, <laughs> but you do. <laughs> I know you do. You just start with the one thought in your head and it'll turn yep. into something else. And then it turns into a gym <laughs> ramble. Yep. No, but that's my favorite part. <laughs> For sure. Live and uncut. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially that version. <laughs> I don't want the edited one. Right. No. Right. All right, man. Um, well enjoyed it enormous thanks thank you and uh to everyone who's hung through this thing thank you thank you thank you richmond Richmond. to jim and to blair i am positive that we will pick this conversation up at a different date and we won't you know likely have as many people along but I'm sure we'll be surrounded by track street people and maybe they'll all just sit down for story time. I love story time. That's my favorite part. (laughs) 
Yep. All right, man. Well, until right, next time, it. thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for hanging through. <laughs>